0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Well, hi, Stephen. It's Cindy. <laughs> hi,
0: Cindy. Uh, I think if there's anybody out there, it's probably important to know that our host is um, AWOL right now. We're waiting on our host, Connie. <laughs>
1: get started
0: (laughs) we could what would you like to talk about
1: well we could go write down the questions no (laughs) i guess we'll wait maybe her time is different you know
0: let's see if i can find a maybe she's uh waiting for us on another line somewhere
1: well this is the number we were given though yeah it's true. How do we know if there's a- other people out there?
0: Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Let's see. Podcast test. I'm going to see if I can find another number for her. There's probably somebody screaming into their screen right now with a phone number, and we just can't hear them.
1: Yeah, that could be. Do the no. grant really cool. R- rewrite. Down at midnight. What? Oh, Laura
0: can hear us. Awesome. (laughs) One, five. Hang on, Cindy. I'm going to call Connie. Okay. Well, I'm not getting an answer on Connie's phone, so I tell you what, why don't we do this? Should we go through the questions? As show directors would do, let's punt. You know, you can okay. tell me about your background, I'll tell you about ours. So for those of you that are listening, Connie gave us a couple of things that she thought that she might ask us about our backgrounds, mission of our event, those kinds of things. Um, and we could probably get started on that and see if uh, if uh, uh, Connie comes on to the line, um, does that sound like a plan?
1: Yeah, why don't you tell us how you got into being an art fair director? And I'll go after you. <laughs>
0: um, well, um I, I I got into it well, I, I I think I got into it more uh um through festivals and events i mean i i feel like i've been doing events since i was in high school if i kind of look back and it wasn't really until i figured out i could make a living doing it that i turned my full attention there so um main street fort worth arts festival was my actually my first quote-unquote arts festival um and um and now i'm here in des moines um by trade i mean by actually by degree i have a theater background so uh i've got degrees in theater and uh, one of those was in directing which I thought I was going to do professionally and here I am instead of directing plays I'm directing uh, festivals and events how about you
1: well I got into it similar just um, in a way I, I went to college for uh, dental hygiene and then I got a degree in that and I got a degree in civil engineering and then in exercise science I got a degree and through that whole time I was putting on road races and uh fitness events and bike races and um really was just doing it as volunteer as I was doing all the other things to to uh make money and, and survive and then when I decided to leave the road race management system um and I worked for rollerblade I came back and was moving back to Minnesota and started to uh run a business association which was the uptown art fair and i was i was not supposed to do it i was leaving the event business i thought this is it i'm done with it and i was there and the first year i was in uh doing more of business uh facilitation and management and we had this art fair and i found out that i really missed events and like all other nonprofits they come up and at the end they said well we got rid of one person now you're going to do it and so I scrambled to uh You know, it's an event, and so looked at it from all different aspects and started going to other events. And then um, when you left Fort Worth, I was brought in to help co-produce for three years. While I was doing uptown, the scheduling worked well, and then I ended up in St. Louis three years ago. And here we are. Kind of. And here we are, directing events. Yep. How long have you had your present position?
0: Um, I've been in Des Moines since 2006. Uh I got here in the in March of 2006. So really 2006 was my we'll call it we'll call it the learning curve. Uh just getting up and running and getting to know the event and getting to know all the players and um uh who was involved in the city and the layout and those kinds of things. Um so the uh I think uh what what is that coming on my seventh festival coming up here.
1: Yeah. yeah. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, cool, cool.
0: There was one of the questions that Connie asked um, about, uh, you know, us being a nonprofit organization, and essentially why the festival is set up as a nonprofit organization, and also then where does the money go, quote unquote. Um, the um, um, I think. Uh, Saint Louis or cultural festivals actually is set up as a non profit but obviously the i think the the most obvious reason is that at the five oh one c three we have the ability to raise money and we can raise money from foundations um but in terms of the money and where it goes um we budget to a very tight net if anything, if we make a net, it goes back into a what we call a rainy day fund or a reserve fund um and that fund is there to help protect the event from any kind of catastrophic year uh there is uh, not, not not the kind of insurance, insurance that we would like in the, in the festivals and events, events industry, industry so. so we we put that uh that money away uh for bad weather or any kind of economic downturn or um you know a downturn in sponsorships those kinds of things uh and in addition the festival contributes um a good sum of money to the local art museum.
2: Can you hear me now?
0: We can Connie, hear you now. welcome.
2: now <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> We're uh. just
2: punting. Good you are doing a F- marvelous job! I'm so glad I sent you the questions. I think I'm going to go take a nap, and you guys can just finish. <laughs> wow!
0: No, because then we would just talk about what we want to talk about instead of what your readers want to talk about. <laughs> well, there you go. Um,
1: just a second. You can continue with your answer, and I'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Um. Yes, Stephen, we are a 501c3 also, um, and the purpose of the art fair was to bring the greater St. Louis community together to experience the visual and performing arts in an easy-access environment and done in a way that is non-threatening, non-committal, and free. Um, we were set up, one, to get grants, sponsorship, and um, what do we do if we make a profit? It goes back into the organization, so we have a rainy day fund we um do not have a rainy day fund right now and it's very frightening um we've uh you know we've had two not so good weather years and a, and where we do make our profit on is concession sales and consumers uh buying you know drinks and sodas has been down when the weather's cold and rainy and all that so so hopefully we're going to establish a new um even a more of a strategy on how to get some of that money. But we're you know, we've gone from um starting when I was here in when I first came in uh two thousand and nine the show the organization was six figures in the hole. Um we are slowly climbing we are out of it, but we don't have a reserve. Um, so we are working towards trying to get that reserve. Okay.
2: Now I'm I'm so ready, you guys. I'm my great apologies. I have been here listening to you. You've been doing a wonderful job, and now I'm going to introduce you.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Can I be somebody else now? Uh, Stacy Kennedy. <laughs> well, maybe you should be more
2: Dana. <laughs> Okay. Well, welcome listeners to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Metler, publisher of artfaircalendar.com, host of Art Fair Insider, the social networking site for art Fair. Callsforartists.com, the best place online to find shows all over the country, looking for artists, and artshowreviews.com where you'll find show reviews by artists for artists. And do you know what we're doing today? Audience. We we are talking to Cindy Larrick from the St. Louis Art Fair. And Stephen King from Des Moines Art Festival, who are veteran show directors. And we're here to talk about all the show director business, and hopefully we're going to get to a lot of questions from the artists, too. Today, we are, is this program is being sponsored by EntrySingy.com, the better digital call for entries management and jury system. Show directors, get it for your site and start your call for entries. Try it for free at EntrySingy.com. And also, Frame Destination your online source for fine art frames and framing supplies. Let framedestination.com make your matting and framing life a breeze. Well, Stephen and Cindy, uh, I think that you probably have introduced yourselves pretty well here. It isn't going to be necessary for me to do that. Bravo, and thank you for just taking this and going forward while I was doing all my technical problems. So... Um, Stephen, did you get to answer, uh, your part about, um, the income from the show and where the money goes?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. I sure did.
2: Okay. Okay. You did that too.
0: I well, did that. It's on, it's on tape.
2: It's on tape and, we'll, <laughs> and it won't be there. Okay. Um, then we're going to proceed with, with the rest of it. um, I put up some questions on my website today, and the artists are interested, and people are listening. And the other thing about these recordings is they do stay live on the site, and people can listen to them anytime. So that is um, both a blessing and a warning to you. And we're going to go from there. (laughs) So I think the thing that uh, probably that... um, so both of you have had an extensive background. You have educations in other areas. Are either of you have, were either of you trained as an artist? Cindy, were you? No. You're okay. So your event your training is an. Event. Well, the, I, mean,
1: I had to carve teeth as a dental hygienist, but I'm not trained as an artist.
2: Okay. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you
2: go. Well, and what about you, Stephen? Did you have any training as an artist?
0: No, well, not as a visual artist. No, I'm a. I I i i have theater. I have a theater background, theater so I have two background. degrees in theater. So, right. I guess it depends on how you define artist.
2: And it right, and it and it's all uh, vi- visual, as you say. Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep.
2: Okay. So then, um, so you, but you've been in how many years, Stephen? Would you say you've been involved in the events business?
0: Oh gosh, I don't probably 25 maybe. <laughs>
2: Mm-hmm. And Cindy,
0: you know, here and there, not necessarily arts festivals, yes. but in, certainly in the in the industry, yeah.
2: Right. And Cindy, 30. A, 30. Okay. So none of us are our spring chickens here. We pretty much have. And have you attended other events, art fairs, that you were not running, both of you, Stephen? What have you?
0: Oh, of course. I try to visit at least two or three a year, without mm-hmm. without hesitation.
1: Mm-hmm. And what about you, Cindy? The same right you make a you you want to go see what's out there what you can do how they're doing it yeah so So that's part of um you you do it on your own you don't get reimbursed from your company a lot of times you just do it because you need to you need to be on top of you need to see what the other people are doing right
2: yeah
0: absolutely yeah
2: both of your events are pretty high profile i know that um when we were doing art fairs, we always applied to them, so I know they were always on our, our list of shows we wanted to do, and I know we're certainly not the only people like that. So basically, um, there is uh, lots and lots of talk about from the artists about the jurying process because my one of my things I always said is there are two things about this business that an artist needs to do. Number one, they need to be able to get into the shows and number 2 they have to have something people will buy when they get there so it's like almost two different things so so the art so the first art that comes in is getting into the shows um Cindy when you when your applications start coming in do you what
1: what do you do when the applications start coming in when the applications come in um i read read each application I look at their images, I look to see if I can see any questions that a juror may ask, um, I, and then someone else looks at them in my office, uh, so we have two people. Um, if I do have a question, I will reach out either via email or the phone um, and ask the question It's not. It's. It's a lot of it. Is is I'm trying to get as much information. So if the question comes up at the jury process, I can call for the artist. We still don't have a way to have every artist able to be there. It's almost like the Voice. You know, the the new TV show, The Voice, where they have their chairs. I want to give them the best presentation um, when they're there. So I will ask questions if I see something just that I don't understand, I know that someone else is going to ask that same question, so I'll get that information. If there's something um, that I really don't understand and I can't get a hold of the artist, I will then try to read more about that artist. Uh, One of the things with technology that is helpful and can be harmful is Googling and seeing things like that. But I will try to find out more if I can't get what I need, the artist doesn't return the calls. I try to find more information just so I have a background.
2: Well, what kind of things would make you go and try and contact the artist?
1: Um, well, if we say, because we ask price points on ours. So mm-hmm. if we have a price point from, um, you know, $10 to ten to 15000 and the jury slides show the four 15000 pieces, and the booth doesn't show anything, I'll go in and just do images of different festivals and see if they have an image there so I can get an idea, because with a price point range like that, I'm going to get that question at the jury. What are they going to sell? We want them to sell. We need them to have price points. We know they have to have price points, but I just want to be able so I can clearly know that I've done my research so nobody's surprised when they get there. Okay. Well, now this
2: uh, this makes me um, – so do your jurors see the price points? Oh, um, yeah. And, and what is the purpose of, of telling the price points? I'm – clear this up for me. For us?
1: It's yes. just we want to know what they're going to bring. Because if you have, here's what has happened at, um, I can say it happened at Uptown, I can say it happened at Main Street, and it's happened at St. Louis. You jury in with four images. And in your booth slide, your booth image, which has been set up, there's only those four images in there. But mm-hmm. when you come to the show, nothing like that works, uh-huh. <laughs> not even close,
0: <laughs>
1: is uh-huh. there. So you kind of feel you got a bait and switch. But what does that have and to do with the price points? The price points, well, because if they they if, so we ask, so we know there's going to be a variation, you know, because certain, so that's why we ask price points. We just want it's not that we're going to exclude anyone. We want people to have various price points. You have to our mark. We're do you know you have to be able to sell a wide variety. We just kind of want to know what it is. That's all. Just
2: hmm. Okay. Um, so so that would, that would be one of the kinds of reasons you would uh, try mm-hmm. to get information. What, are you yeah. If there was a really sparse booth, like four pieces in it, that would be a red flag to you? Is that what you're saying? No. 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 That's not okay.
1: a red Because a lot of times they'll, they'll mention it. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that I will go, but it will be. And then I'll be honest, a big piece is. Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of times you will have people call you and say this is this, and you, you're like, well, give me some information, track it down. You have a lot of – this is kind of like um, – how can I explain it? It's an It's very competitive, and when it's competitive and when the economy is bad, people get desperate, and they tend to – Try to create rumors <laughs> about other things that aren't oh. reality. Okay, so
2: you're so you're partly protecting yourself and your show from fraud. By well, hopefully the, that's what we're people. trying
1: to. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: and and you are also getting a little information from outsiders, so to speak, who are feeding you information about people
1: who they think are not playing fair. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. But I okay. usually, I yeah. will usually call that person yeah. if I get that complaint. Sure, I don't. I'm not gonna. I I'm not gonna. And I don't take it seriously because hearsay right. is hearsay. Right. You yeah. know, you gotta get. And 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 I don't do it that often. But I will look if there's a question. Um, you know, here's a perfect example. Two years ago, there was a boo slide that I know wasn't the person's boo slide. I know. I've kind of been in the industry since 1996. I have the, gone to. X amount of art fairs, I have gone to make sure the jury process for ours to so many juries. I know people's work, and when I got this, I called this and said, is that your boo shot? <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, okay. you
1: know, Yeah. I think that's, that's the other
2: thing that um, maybe the artists aren't quite aware of um, how networked this all is, and how show directors know one another, no artists who think they are don't know
1: that they know you, right? Is that yeah? Oh, I mean, I I can pretty much if you were in in one of the shows, and I think I have a I have a very good um, how can I say it? I, I'm dyslexic, and so I learned to memorize to get by in life for the first. Mm, I, I I I couldn't read, so I memorized everything, and I we re- could re- regurgitate things. And I, they didn't find out I couldn't read until I was in fourth grade, where it kind of catches up with you. So I have a very good memory. And if, you, if you've if you been in a show that I've worked with and you call and they'll say, I don't know if you know me, I'm so-and-so, I'll say, oh, yeah, and you were on here on Hannah Penn and your booth was this and this is what you do. <coughs> I, I have that kind of memory. That's mm-hmm. just me.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: because, And that's why, I mean, a lot of times, I will at, go and in, introduce myself to the artist. It's it's for for a reason. One, I think I should do that. But secondly, that visual can be that person. Then I can usually remember who they are at some place mm-hmm. else. Right. Okay.
2: Okay. So, Stephen, what what do you do with applications when they come in at your place?
0: Well, I mean, I can certainly reflect just about everything that that Cindy is is saying. I mean, we do the same thing. We we read each, each application. We look at the images. We, um, we in particular, uh, click on that booth image and and enlarge it. Um, on the back end of ZAP, when an application comes to us, we see all six images, and we see the information that Cindy has talked about, you know, in terms of dimension and price and, and the name of it and then a description of it, and So with each one of those, we can click on the image and make it larger and look at it a little bit more uh, carefully. And with the booth image, we'll click on it, and we want to make sure that the work that's in the booth image is reflective and there's not, you know, if you're, you're, for example, selling or presenting, not selling, but presenting, in our case, five images that are all, you know, $10,000, that we don't open a booth image, and the booth image is full of, you know, trinkets. Um, or something like that. So we're just making sure that, and then we're also making sure, A, you know, the name's not in the booth and and those kinds of technical types of things. But we're looking and we're seeing if there's any kind of questions that we might have. Um, The, uh, you know, one of the, one probably one of the biggest things is that the ZAP, we use ZAP system and so does Cindy. Um, The ZAP system on the medium choice defaults to 2D mixed media. And so we find a lot of times that we have to open all the, you know, uh, pay more attention to 2D mixed media because it may not be, um, but it, because it defaults to that, uh, a lot of times we have to we have to work through that. Uh, and we do the same thing. If we have questions, we reach out to the artist. We ask a lot of questions. Um, we typically get pretty good answers back. Um, I've used Google before. I've used the artist website before. If I had a question about the about the artist or about the work. Um, and the you know I think the overriding goal here and I know Cindy shares this is that we understand and appreciate the limited amount of time that an artist has in front of the jury and our goal is to make sure that any artist that is placed in front of that jury has the best possible opportunity during those X number of seconds that they have uh, for, for the jury to score them so that that's our number one goal and with everything that we do, uh, with regards to review, reviewing the images.
2: Okay. So, in, in fact, uh, when artists complain that they're only getting ten to fifteen seconds for their twenty-five to fifty dollars, they really are getting more time than that, aren't they? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. so. I mean, I. um
2: okay. not, not. I mean, I,
0: I. Yeah. You're. I think you're alluding to just in the jury room, but there's also time. That's spent before that by staff members who are looking at every application um and and reviewing the application and making sure all the information's right that all the dimensions are in there that the description is in there that uh you know we've even had cases where um an artist's statement no matter what you believe in in terms of the number of characters, if it's a run on sentence and it stops well, then there's a call or an email that's put out to that artist and says this is going to stop and he might want to, you know, have an opportunity to fix this before it goes in front of the jury. Um, and then during the jury process, sure, there's a review. I know for us there's a review, a complete overview uh, of the of the entire show, and then within each medium there's another overview uh, before the jury scores it, and then there's the time in front of the, the jury that the jury has to score that applicant.
1: Okay, so so part, yeah, and ours, mm-hmm. go on, ours is run too. I mean, we do a an overview at a preview, then we do an overview of all the artists in the morning, then we go to that medium and say it's ceramics. We'll do an overview of who's in the show and then who, who are applying, and then we'll come back. So by the time they actually, the first time they score is like the fourth time that they've seen the images. Seen Sometimes them. it's the fifth time.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well, one of the um, questions that I know that uh, sometimes um, you hear this, that the shows are pre-jurying the applications. And in fact, you're kind of saying that, except it doesn't mean it is not as nefarious as as it sounds, is it? Um, You are pre-jurying because you, tell me, uh, Cindy, why? Because?
1: I'm pre I'm not pre. I'm just making sure that they're they have the best foot forward, so they get the best thing, yeah. the best piece of information gets out to the jury at that time. I'm checking their applications just to be sure they have answered the questions. One, so I don't have to say, oh, no, he didn't answer that. She didn't answer that. I don't know. They don't have dimensions. I don't know because that all looks unprofessional. So we're trying to give them the most professional edge. And and maybe in some ways I'm asking questions that I think are going to be asked and typing it so I'm comfortable to say this is what this artist says about that, you know, to give the best foot forward for that artist. You know,
2: the other thing about this, though, part of it is, um, for heaven's sakes, why should you and your staff having to be doing this work, it seems as though, the artist is their responsibility to have a complete application to complete artist statement have everything in order and shouldn't be having to you know what is this Are these people incompetent
0: Stephen I'm not answering in that, ah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I I hear that, you know, why why is all this going on? Aren't these people don't they know how to fill out their applications? Well,
0: no, I think it. You know, it kind of goes back. It goes back to a few things. No, I don't. I don't think that. I just think that they they're applying to a lot of shows. Most of the time, they're on the road. Uh, Sometimes they're using a, a computer that's foreign to them. Um. You know, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, and uh, I think, quite honestly, this is part of what they pay for. It's a service. I mean, yeah. that's what you call, that's why it's called an application fee. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a service that's, that's part of this, and, and, and again, it's, you know, they, they make the final decision. There's no doubt about that. I, I've, I have been, you know, toe to toe with some art – well, toe to toe. I say that b- via email or the phone um you know about something in their application and and you know ultimately it's it's their decision it's their work yes, yes. um yes and, and but but based on my experience and based on what i'm seeing uh you know it can go it can go back to something that Cindy said earlier you know even about price points you know if you're competing let's use that word competing against a thousand other artists and you're the only one who doesn't have price points that stands out
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Period. Okay. okay. And,
0: and when you're in a scoring system where a juror's having to make a thumbs up or a thumbs down decision, uh, and, and you're on the fence, uh, that's kind of where this come that kind of detail comes into play. And so, yeah, I, I, I I'm, and I know, I know Cindy agrees with me on this. I think that's part of our responsibility as as show directors is to make sure that all that information is complete. And, again, that the artist has the best possible opportunity in front of the jury. Okay. All right.
1: I mean, um, I, I put myself in their shoes. If if it was something that simple, like if, I mean, I would I would hope someone would call and ask me the question. Okay.
2: If okay. I was, yeah. you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: One of the questions, one of the things that was on, on um, my site today in our Current ciders was someone said, um that only was something like four artists got in from Iowa. And I've heard this over the years. I remember going to the Plaza show in Kansas City and people saying, nobody who lives in Kansas City ever gets to do this show and it's the same thing about St. Louis or oh my gosh, ever been in Colorado? Why can't I do cherry?" You know. Um so please uh Stephen, would you address that issue?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I again. First of all, it's ten artists from Iowa, um, and out of I think fifty that applied, fifty four that applied. Good percentage. I the number is, um, and we and, and those are the on the professional side. Then we also have the twenty two emerging artists who are all from Iowa, which is a pretty strong program that that uh, my dear the, uh, our dear late friend Modena started here in in Des Moines. Um, So there really is a lot of focus on on Iowa artists, but I think here for me is the bottom line is we don't jury by zip code. Um, To say, to come out and say that we have a a blind jury process, uh, I I think uh, it would be disingenuous for us to be able to state that if, in fact, we were jurying by zip code. Okay. And I think, you know, for every – for every artist that would would like for us to do that we probably have more artists that would say don't do that because then you start to get into percentages and space is taken away you know there's been all this conversation about double booths and you know if you give artists a double booth you're taking away a space for another artist and so you start to get into all that kind of conversation too but at the same time um you know a blind jury process is a blind jury process and um I can say this, and I, I'm not saying it in my defense, but it's these kinds of things that we talk about on a board level, um, and these are the kinds of things that we, as an organization, make decisions on. This, this is um, not necessarily something uh, you know that Stephen's doing in the back room um, all by himself. These are these are really important questions, and, and whether or not we do something like that. Um, this is really an organizational question. Uh, it kind of goes back to making sure that we're going to remain an all-original show uh, versus, you know, allowing reproductions into the show. Those kinds of things that are really fundamental about about the uh, quality and integrity of the show.
2: Okay, I've got to take a little break here and um, to reintroduce my guests, who are Stephen King from the Des Moines Art Festival and Cindy Lerick from the St. Louis Art Fair. We are talking about art fairs, art show directors, and um, jurying, and um, there's plenty more to listen to. So, I, the next thing, of course, I'd like to move into is to talk about okay. jurying. What? And uh, this is going to be a yes or no question um, from each of you. In in what? Order. Do you show the images, Stephen? Do you you show them in received order or elf order?
0: Um, neither. I show them in. Um, the, uh, Cindy, help me with what it's called. But it's uh, artist number or artist identification number. It's it, a random number that is assigned to the artist when they apply. That's the number that was we show. That when them.
1: they they started with the profile when their profile started. For that particular
2: show.
1: No, for overall so when they went no. to Zap. Okay, number. so
2: if you've been a member of Zap for five years, your number will be number one zero two three four, and it might come. will be shown before somebody. No, 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 no.
0: no there's class. a there's there's actually yeah. when you apply to a show, there is a there is a randomly selected artist ID number that's assigned to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the number that it's sorted in. Or that's oh, the number oh. we use.
1: Uh-huh. That's I mean, I think that's the uh, um it's let me read. hold on and tell you what it is.
0: Sounds like there's a radio we, one in the background.
1: Yeah, there's somebody's radio. I don't know who it is um we um do ours, Connie why I'm looking this up. Um we do ours by application received. Um and that's just the way we've done it. Reason was it's the uh, um my understanding and I may be totally off on this, is the choices we have when we manage for um for zap is um is three choices and yeah. I'm going to bring those up and uh read those to you i I probably maybe had read it wrong um, is um, oh I think I can't do it this way shoot um I always thought the first one that Stephen's saying he uses was from um, when the application was started for when they went on ZAP. Um, So I've always gone to receive because I just felt that that was um, something that I thought. But I could be wrong and I have been wrong many times. But let me see. I can tell you how it is right away. Me wrong? Yeah. No. yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm looking for it. A patient, acceptance. So, Stephen, you do
2: it by the uh the the ID, the ID number.
0: Yeah, whatever the uh it, on mine I'm, I've got it here. It says application ID number. Yeah. So, whatever that whatever that number is, I yeah. And
2: how did that number get generated? Is
0: well, my, well, that's guess, what I'm looking I, I, at. I guess I'm about to find out, but I, I've been under the understanding that it was a a, a number that was ident that was um, how should I say randomly assigned to the artist when they applied to your particular show.
1: Okay. Okay. So and that, that, to me, that, I thought that was different. So
0: an artist, an artist ID number.
1: Yeah.
0: Let me just yeah. see.
1: okay, all um, right, let's wait. while you
2: look at up cindy, let's um have another question, Stephen, do you read the artist's statement during your jurying? yes, and Cindy, you do too, don't you? yes, we do, okay, and stephen what what is the direction that you give the jurors about the booth shot
0: about the booth shot in particular mm-hmm. um the uh well we I share with them that. Uh, that the Booth image uh, shows the body of work, it provides dimension, it provides scale, Uh, it provides a sense of artistic and creative presentation. Um, It also, I think, reports to the jury that if the work submitted, the other individual images um, uh, reflects the current style and the overall body of the work uh, by the the artist.
2: I had someone, um, a man on my Art Insiders today by the name of John Lowe's, Uh, give come up with this idea that he thought that the booth shot should be he considers it we would like to know is it a visual contract with the show it's not a good isn't that a good phrase (laughs) this is Uh, is i think it's a visual
0: contract only if the show says it's a visual contract
2: but i mean you know to me to my mind of course if i'm doing this I think when I show you my booth shot, that is my contract with you, that that is what I am going to bring to your show.
0: So
2: that's, that's – look at that. I, I, so I think we go back saying, to the
0: prospectus, though. If the show didn't yeah. say that up front, well, then I don't know that the show has really the authority okay. to be able to, to enforce that.
2: That's right. Okay. Well, So, okay, then Then here is the thing that the people um, were uh, talking a lot about They really, really were interested in the transparency. What, how many, and I know, Stephen, that your your show sent them out, and Cindy, you haven't had your jury yet. Right. You haven't had your jury, right? No. Okay. No. That you sent out, so everyone knew. How many applications you got? How many for each category? How many spaces were available? And the artists were really pleased about that. Do you use it? Do you do something like that, Cindy? You're going to do something yeah, like that? Yeah,
1: we've done that the last couple of years, mm-hmm. and I've always had it posted when I was at Uptown. So yeah, right. That's that. You is- have to read. You have to go and look at it. I don't, you know, I'll send it in an email, and if our email gets, you know, into your spam account, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different story. Right, right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Here, okay, here's here's another one of the um this question um when do, do you ask specifically for an outdoor shot of the booth? Do you care if it's I, an indoor shot or an outdoor shot,
1: Cindy? Uh, we ask for an outdoor shot. We do. And why we ask for that is to see what it's going to look like outdoors um what? If, what if you're something? if no, no can i explain
2: mm-hmm. if
1: if you don't have a current outdoor shot and you're using just for lighting and you say my booth is going to look just like this we'll accept it we don't say oh not an outdoor shot you're thrown out i don't do that no that's the point yes okay no we don't do that we just ask the description and we have in our prospectus and when you're filling out your um application on DAP, we ask you: Is it an indoor, or outdoor shot? And there's room for you to tell us what it is, why it is, and and that's it. We're not looking to see the grass and the chair, and, and we just want to see the presentation of what you're gonna, sh- what it's gonna look like when you are going to show.
2: Uh huh. And then they can say a few words about what what the shot is. Okay. What about you, Stephen? Yeah. Stephen, do you do you Uh,
0: ditto. That? Ditto.
2: You ask for an outdoor shot?
0: Yep. And, and and we would do the same. I mean, we that's one of the calls that we would make. You know, when we're looking at a at an application, um, and we pop it open and see that it's an indoor, it's an obvious indoor shot. We'll call them or email them and ask um, for an outdoor. And if, and if and you know part of it is if you want to go back to even if you wanted to, uh, you know, in terms of visual contract. I mean, that that concept of of asking them about it, and and they say that's the only one I have, but my outdoor booth looks exactly like this. Mm-hmm. So there it is. So there there you've got the information that you that you would need if you are actually using that information as a as a contract.
2: Okay. Um so then then we have some other questions on on my site about what is the show going to look like? Um here is here's a comment from Barry Bernstein. He says, "I want the sponsors to view the show." As if it was a golf tournament instead of a state fair or a carnival. <laughs> I want the director to <laughs> make sure that every treat artist is treated with the same respect that a pro golfer gets at their sponsor-driven event. Well, we know how they. What happens to those pro golfers? No one's allowed to even breathe, right, around them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay.
2: Can
0: you imagine if we had volunteers staying around the festival? Quiet, please. Quiet, quiet please. Yes. quiet, please.
2: Right. Right, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, that would be fun. Okay. Um, so then here's here's another question i have how do you feel about leading the way and promoting transparency in our industry so that artists are more acquainted with and more knowledgeable about each show and whether or not it is the appropriate show for them to send an application well that's just yeah why what do you think
1: cindy about that why you want to know how how can we communicate I i kind of Re- rephrase the question because I just found what we were looking for before, so
0: I was kind of half listening and whatnot. <laughs> uh, I apologize.
2: We're going to pass it to the other person then, Stephen. Well,
0: the well, but I think we have talked about it. I mean, yeah. the 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 concept that we send out or have available to artists, you know, the the artist application and jury results, um, you know, the the stats, if you will, that you referred to earlier, um, that. Uh, you know, that we've been sending out for several years, I think that does provide a large level of um, – or a high level of transparency. I also think that there are more and more shows who are opening up their jury process to an open jury. Um, and if not, if you can't attend it in person, then being able to follow it online or – um so so i i think there are these steps that are being taken um to offer transparency i know that we're perhaps not everybody including including us i mean we uh, quite frankly we learn new things every year um and i learn things through uh post-event surveys or just visiting with artists while they're here on the site and they say you know they ask me why don't you do this and I would say probably eight, at least 8 times out of 10 I'd look at them and think wow that's a that's a great idea why don't we do that I mean I and the only reason we haven't done it is because we haven't thought of it before because it's never come up before so I think more and more we're getting to a higher level of transparency I know we can't be all things to all people but I do think that this concept of being uh, of being forthright about our stats um is a step in the right direction um and, but I will I will also add that I think that any show um, who provides their prospectus uh, in a meaningful and transparent way it, it is taking broad steps to, to do that. The um, Our prospectus is on our website. It's on there 24-7, 365 days out of the year. You don't have to apply to see that. You can go on our website and see it any you want to. And you don't have to be a participating artist to see our stats. You can go online and see those stats anytime you want to, no matter who you are. It's open to anybody and everybody. And I think if there are additional steps that we can take, then we're happy to listen. Okay.
2: Okay.
1: To your question before? Yes. Yeah, I'll answer but to your question before. You can review the artists. Within each medium category, you can choose for the artist to be sorted by application ID numbers. My assumption was that application ID number is when you develop your prospectus. I could be wrong on that. Last name or by the date the application was received. We do ours by the date the application was received.
0: Okay.
1: So, um, And then to answer about transparency or if someone's right to be in the show, well, I think there's one you can read, you can look. You can always call me. And we can go through. I'm more than willing to sit down and show you, you know, if you're, you know, if you need to get you resources to figure out. Here's people who've been in the show. Here's the gallery of who's in the show. Here's some of the information. I mean, I'm more than willing to give that in terms of transparency. I believe our jury is extremely transparent. Um, the entry or the prospectus is out there. What I read to the jurors, I send out and put on to the people who have applied. Um, you can come and watch our jury. Um, when we walk around, we have your image, guys. We talk to you about what we're looking for, what our questions. You know, and anyone can come in my office anytime time and, and see what they want to see, be more than willing to show them. We're a nonprofit. We pretty much – our books are online. Everyone can go look at our 990s. Okay. Okay, let's see. Um
2: that all, it sounds like the, the two of you have got to be the poster children for um, transparency. That sounds good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the day's not over, Connie. The day's not over. <laughs> uh, well, no,
1: Connie, I think most shows. I think some of the the shows, you know, they are. I think sometimes there's this yeah, perception, do. and and people don't take the next step to ask the questions. It's much easier with today's technology to type up a gripe that then becomes reality when it isn't even even the question hasn't even been asked or the facts found. And yeah. I think that's just our society.
2: That that's true.
1: Okay. And and I
2: think that a lot of the information is available. Some shows are totally transparent and there are other ones who are are not so transparent, but I think that this demand from the artists for more of it, it is going to be required. More and more shows are going to be showing uh, information. In fact, I just happened to look at my my computer here, and I see there are fifty six people listening to us. I'm I'm pretty amazed. So, you know, they are are definitely interested in here, in all the, this topic. I I want to go back for a second to the the booth shot and. Um, Oh, gosh, I feel like we answered it, but I need you to tell me what you tell your jurors about the booth shot. And, uh, Cindy, are you ready to tell
1: me that? Yep, I am. Okay. Okay. In our in our, our prospectus that's on that the artist has, mm-hmm. he goes through and tells what the booth image should be. That page I read to... To the jurors mm-hmm. and what it says is booth image they must submit an image of their outdoor booth set up and then I will say if they haven't I will I will let you know that and, and explain that if it's written in because um, it says if you do not have a current booth image please provide a description um, you know we even have where we have we're trying to get new artists so if we don't have a booth image available submit an image taken from of groupings of work representatives we do that we read this we read this whole page to them it's on there and it's you know and that's what we tell tell the uh, the jurors when they're doing that this is what they get and they they listen and they have that and when they have a question I always tell them go back to that page and look at it Okay. you know I think the hard part is is when you have you know I'm just going to use I'm going to use a category that's very large jewelry you have 200 jewelries applying and 15 of them are close that boo shot they're probably going to go to the one that looks the most professionally done and presented mm-hmm. that's going to be the juror's choice that's not yep. you know because that's what they're looking for we you know we tell them to pick the best show possible
2: okay okay um steven how about you
0: uh, well, ditto. I mean, I, I, I earlier. Um, I that's that's uh, pretty much it in a nutshell in terms of um, you know the the answer to the question. What am I telling the jurors? I'm telling the jurors that we ask we ask for the well. Let me back up for a second. Um, I reiterate more than enough times that to ask them to make sure that they read the prospectus before they come into the jury room. Um, and then we we will go through the the prospectus because the prospectus addresses a lot of these questions that they may have or that um uh that may come up during the jury process um and again the the idea that the the booth image is going to show them the body of work it's going to provide them dimension and scale it's a sense of artistic and creative presentation um the and and gives them a sense of the overall body of work of the of the artist, so um I tell them uh, and then, if you refer back to our perspectives and what the rules are about the booth image, then they can put two and two together but i couldn't concur more with with cindy when you've got um when you've got situations where you're on the fence and like us we you We are a one to seven with no four, so you've gotta you've gotta vote up or down um that booth image is making a difference. It doesn't count for any more doesn't count for any less. There's six images that are up on those screens, and all of them count the same uh but my experience in the jury room has been. That the jury is looking over at that booth image if they need to make a final decision uh, uh, between one artist and another artist because the the booth image does just that it shows um, it, it's if you've ever been in a room and seen these images um, there is a dramatic difference uh, between a really good booth image and one that's not and it it, it certainly reflects uh, on the artist. Um, it absolutely reflects on the artist. It's, it's kind of like walking into the, the artist's home or into the artist's storefront. You know, how would they present themselves? How are they presenting themselves to the uh, to the general public? Um, so it does it does speak volumes about about the artist.
2: Right, and that was something else that I read today. Robert Wallace was at Cindy's um, mm-hmm. uh, event this weekend, and um, mm-hmm. he talked about. Um, what what should be in that booth shot? And he had put something very clever in there that I thought. He said that something about you should stage your booth, sort of like how you stage a house when you're trying to sell it, when you set up the booth shot.
1: Perfect. I thought that was, I mean, that's exactly it, isn't it? Yeah, you want to get rid of the clutter, I think. I mean, I don't need to see your chair or your table.
0: No, but if you if you remove too much of the clutter and it becomes something that's staged and it's not authentic, then you get to where you you might get into a situation where you get to the show and all of a sudden you've got a you know I don't know a yard sale on your hands.
1: where (laughs) there's there's that fine line
0: smaller pieces and trinkets and everything else that were not in the booth image that were not absolutely we're not juried in it's not about clutter necessarily it's about all of a sudden there's all this new work this different work that's in the, that's in the booth mm-hmm. i think those are the kinds of the kinds of okay. things that we're looking for that the jury is looking for and certainly on site we can look at that and go well, hey wait a minute this is this is just ter- terribly different uh-huh. And there is a difference between seeing a cluttered booth on site versus maybe seeing, you know, instead of three large pieces on the wall that might be have been in the jury, to seeing six medium-sized pieces. You know, there's a difference, um, and, and I think anybody looking at that can see the difference. But um, you know, you got to. I, I do realize that it's a fine line, and, and appreciate that. But it's you got to be careful about, uh, you know, quote-unquote, remove the clutter. Um, uh, especially if you if you remove too much, and then you've got apples and oranges.
1: Okay, all right. But I think oh. you have to also look at it from. You don't have to show us every piece of every piece of ceramic you're going to sell to the public. You oh know, gosh, if you no. Have
0: a, no. Yeah, no. and
1: that's what happens sometimes. You've seen that, <laughs> yeah. Stephen.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it. Yeah, and
1: and and you know, and that's we don't need to know that. You know, when you go into a store to buy something or to look and you want something, you know. Target doesn't have every piece of inventory they have outside their front door. It's behind. Nor do walls. they have it. And nor do
0: they have it. Nor do they have bin type situations lying on the floor or on a, on a on a street.
1: Throwing like a free for all, like a yard sale.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Well, that's, well that's, I don't think those kind of um, booths show up at your events, but maybe so. I just want to remind everyone they're listening to Art Fair Radio sponsored by EntrySingy.com, and I'm talking to Stephen King and Cindy Larrick um, about what art, how artists can succeed at the art fairs. I have um, another question that there's been a lot of talk about lately, and people are very upset um, about the buy-sell situation. Uh, Kay Cummins wants to know, what percentage of applicants do you feel are buy-sell? Many of the juried shows seem to have more of it at each show. I'd like to know how much they feel they weed out, and do you have a process for an artist at the show that that is by sell? Do you ban them? Do you communicate this to other shows? Do you forget about it and just pay the bills with a booth
0: fee? What do you think, Stephen? Well, it's a tricky question because you got to – you know, the answer to the percentage, I, I'm, I will honestly have to tell you, I, I don't know um, because I don't know that I – that, that we have that issue in Des Moines um, since it's been um, uh, let me let me let me back up. There is a on our stat sheet we identified 1,093 applications that were received this year, and of those 1,093, 1,085 of those applications were approved for jurying. So there's a balance of of if I'm doing my math right, what eight. Seven seven artists that were that did not go to the jury process for one reason or the other um the um that's part of what we're looking at when we open up an application is it by sell is it is there a question mark and there's some research that goes on um I can tell you um the last two years uh while I've been at the show uh during the three days of the show there's been um there has been questions raised about a particular artist, and uh, uh, I typically respond to the artist by asking them if they've got anything to back it up. Because quite frankly, on a Saturday afternoon during the show, uh, it's really hard for me to go back to my computer and start researching right then and there uh, about that particular artist. Um, the And... Uh, um, in, in, there has been one instance um, in my, quite frankly, in my career that I have actually had somebody pack up and leave as a result of me confronting them. Um, that was quite a while ago. Uh, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist out there. I think it does because I've heard enough artists say that it does, and I believe that. Uh, but I also believe that anybody that's being accused of by sell or production work um, does deserve uh, the benefit of the doubt, or maybe if not that, then at least a, you know, a jury by their peers, so to speak. Um, I don't know that we can pull the trigger on kicking somebody out of a show as quickly as we would all like for that to happen, okay. uh, I guess is the gist of that. Um, the I, I do think that there are... Opportunities. Uh, For example, if an artist were to call me and tell me right now, there's a, you know, typically it comes to us in sort of this veiled email or veiled, there's an artist in your show, I can't tell you who it is, but they're a buy sell. Well, okay, that's, you've narrowed it down to 185. Yeah, so I can't really do anything with that kind of information. Um, But I I do have the relationships with artists, and also with directors, and I asked the question. Um, okay. And uh, I, I have I have no problem reaching out and asking my colleagues if they've heard the same thing or if they have. What are, what are you doing about it? What did you find out? Um,
2: okay, I'm sorry I have to com- interrupt you here, Stephen. We are, like, almost totally out of time.
0: Oh, um, I'm sorry.
2: That's okay. Stephen, uh, so we've been listening to Stephen King from the Des Moines Art Festival and Cindy Larrick at the St. Louis Art Fair. I want to thank you both for taking this time to talk to us and share all this information. I'm, to my audience, I want to thank you for listening. Visit, Please visit Art Fair Insiders. Like us on Art Fair Facebook, on our Facebook pages. Tell your friends. We have many new shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. And I want to thank our sponsors, EntryThingy.com and Framedestination.com. And Stephen and Cindy, thanks very much. I hope you're fine. Thank you. We'll hear from you you. again and thank you for being such good sports earlier in the show. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Good. (laughs) Thank you, Connie.
2: Okay, see you. Bye Connie. Thanks. Bye bye. You're welcome.
0: Thank you.